Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey everyone, I'm Evian Whitney, and I'm really happy you're here with me today. It's been six months since my last episode. Can you believe it? (laughs) I definitely didn't intend to be gone this long again. But after that last episode, my work picked up for me pretty significantly. For one thing, I have been writing a book. (laughs) I've been writing a book pretty much since the last episode, and it is finally, finally almost complete. It's due to be out sometime next fall. And I'm so excited about it. I am so excited about it. Uh, so naturally, <laughs> that took up a lot of my time and attention. And I've also been working on some really cool projects that have been stretching and expanding my craft as a sex educator and facilitator. One of the more recent ones being that I'm teaching meditations now that are targeted specifically to your sexual wellness. I'm doing it with this app called Coral, and if you'd like to get a taste of what they're like, I'll put a link in the show notes for you to take a listen, since so many of you have told me that my voice is soothing enough to do meditations with. Other than my book and my work, I've honestly just been trying to take care of myself, like really, really take care of myself over these last six months because 2020, man, this this pandemic, the racism, the never-ending dumpster fire that is our political landscape right now, it's just, it's been a lot. 
And it's required me to really pause and be slow and intentional about what gets my time and my energy. This podcast being one of them. But here I am now in your feed once more to bring you a new episode. And I'm thrilled to have this one be out because not only is it one of the most important episodes I've done, it marks the official last episode of The Sexually Liberated Woman. This podcast has been around for six years. It's never changed. And in this new year, in 2021, uh, it will be undergoing some really big, really exciting, and really necessary changes, all of which will be revealed within this episode. And who knows, maybe you might already know what it could be by the title of this episode. I don't know. Anyway, today I am bringing you a conversation about gender and identity with my really, really good friend, Dan Owens. Dan is an expert in social media and creative marketing. His focus the last five years has been in talent development and management, working with some of today's top influencers and experts in sex education, wellness, and self-improvement, including yours truly. He has been a kind of jack of all trades when it comes to his excellence, from working extensively in the entertainment industry to speaking at over 200 universities internationally to being the founder of Redemo a boutique creative agency based in Los Angeles. If you'd like to learn more about Dan and his work, and there's so much to know and learn about Dan and his work, I've put links in the show notes for you to click and follow and all of that jazz. So that is who I'm speaking with today. And before we move forward, I want to give a couple of notes. Uh, For one thing, this episode is a little different than typical episodes you might be used to hearing from me. One, because it's a lot longer than my usual episodes. And two, because I'm not the only one doing the interviewing. Dan actually turns some questions over to me to get my input and prompt me to tell my own story. I've re-listened to this episode about four times now because I was the one that was doing the editing for it. And even though it's a bit more freeform, even though it's a bit more long, I love the way it sounds. I love how chill it is. I love that it sounds like two best friends just talking shit and sharing stories. Dan and I have had many, many many conversations about gender over the last two years. And he's been kind of a sounding board for me as I've come to him with my own gender feels and confusion. And the space that he's held for me, the affirmation he's given me has been medicinal. So yeah, this episode is longer and looser, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Another thing you should know 
This is not a Gender 101 episode. Maybe someday I will do an episode like that, but Dan and I really wanted to focus on our own stories and experiences without having to interject with an explanatory comma about what certain words mean or whatever. So as you're listening, if you come across any words or phrases that you're not familiar with, take a moment to do a Google and go down your own glorious gender rabbit hole. Okay, uh, let's get into this episode and stick around to the end, please. Uh, I have some things that I want to share with you about what's going to happen now that this podcast is kind of ending. Hey, Dan. Hi. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you about gender today. Long time coming. I know. It's This is the fourth time <laughs> we've recorded this. We've had some technical difficulties, but the timing is so divine. So divine. So perfect. Yeah, I feel like when we first had this conversation about a year ago, mm-hmm. maybe a little over a year ago. Yeah, I think it was August of last year. Yeah, we were in totally different places than we are now. Completely. So I'm And just, when we had the conversation a week ago, totally different places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. That's how it that's how it is. Yeah. Um so yeah, before we get started, I would love to hear from you um how you identify and what your pronouns are. My name is Dan Owens. My pronouns are he and they, and I identify as genderqueer is my favorite word, um, but that is under the non-binary uh, umbrella, which is also under the trans umbrella. So non-binary, trans, and genderqueer are all words that I use kind of interchangeably. Fantastic. I'd love to know the same from you. Uh, well, my name is Evian. <laughs> My pronouns are she and they, they and she, and I identify as non-binary. That feels so good to say. Yeah, it feels so nice to see you say it. Yeah, I feel like, and just coming back to, you know, how different this energy around this conversation feels for me today. I feel like the last time we tried to record and it did not end up working. I don't know. I don't think that I said that I was non-binary from a place of uh, confidence Mm. or I don't know, just feeling good about it. And where I'm at today, I'm like, that feels so good. Yeah, I could tell just by the way that you said it. Like, yeah, it just felt very natural. Also, I, I believe you announced using different pronouns but never announced like a different identity Mm -mm. and i kind of wonder why that is can i ask you a question straight away yeah yeah um i think honestly i was trying to like peel the band-aid off really slowly with this (laughs) i've i've had a lot of imposter syndrome come up about my gender to the extent that it's made me feel like i'm not allowed to take up space in that identity i'm not allowed to claim non-binary because of how i present myself or the things that i know or don't know Mm -hmm. so i think i think i knew then when i changed my pronouns which was about I think about two years ago, mm-hmm. uh, I think I knew then that um, they felt good for me. And so I wanted people to know that I already had an inkling by then that there was something curious going on with my gender, but I didn't feel comfortable even really labeling myself or claiming that title for myself, yeah. you know? 
Um, I think at that time, probably up until pretty recently, I was just describing myself as gender confused. Yeah. And that felt more safe for me. Like my imposter syndrome did not come up for that. And um, yeah, I think now after just having a lot of time to sit with it and just really wanting to leave this behind in 2020, like I want 2021 to be the year that I'm fully expressed. And yeah, I just it, it just feels so ready. I feel really ready to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it looks good on you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thank you. I would love to hear about your um, your origin story when it came to your gender, like how it was you discovered that you were non-binary, trans, genderqueer. Because um, I, I, I want to say, too, that one of the things that has really helped me in my process is being able to see your your journey to uncovering and like embodying your gender with like pride and courageousness is like from this place of not having come out really early. Mm-hmm. Cause that's my, that's my story. And one of the yeah. reasons why I have so much imposter syndrome. So I, l- I would love to hear that from you. Well, I just am so impressed that anyone under the age of 30 can come out as non-binary because mm-hmm. my experience growing up was not that that existed like at all so i don't see how either one of us would have ever been able to be like this is how i identify as this thing i've never heard of you know yeah um and also my experience understanding trans identities was you either come out when you're four or you come out when you're 55 Mm. like i as i started to hear stories which i was already in my 20s by the time i started really hearing stories from people who were trans it was kids and old people. You know what I mean? Like there was nothing really in between. Um, and I don't think that that's actually true. I just think yeah. that there is, you know, it's like you have the Caitlyn Jenners of the world or whatever, and it, they're already on TV and blah, blah, blah. But there were so many of us that were still in the middle of figuring out what anything even meant that I just feel like we all kind of figured it out at the same time or something. I don't Mm. know. It's like there's something that's been happening in the past five, 10 years where we've just had so much access to information about identity and there's the academic version of it and there's the books and whatever, but there's also YouTube and Instagram, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And my, so I had like a YouTube channel and was like a YouTuber, famous YouTuber, I guess you would call it or whatever in like 2010. Um, and I had a, a big Tumblr and I was always known for being gay. Like I was gay at that time. Other people identified me as a lesbian, but I always said gay. And then I said queer and that felt so much more accurate. But I when I came out as bi in college, I was immediately shoved into a different kind of closet called you're not bi, you're a lesbian. Mm. And that was never true for me. But I also was like, I don't know, when I look back on it now, I'm like, oh, because I'm non-binary. Like, (laughs) no wonder. Okay, this all makes sense. But it was not until I was in my late 20s, early 30s when I was like, oh, there are things that are that I'm allowed to explore within myself that are not completely like transition to another gender or transition to the opposite gender, Mm. which is how I always saw things is if you were trans, it's because you were transitioning to the opposite gender. And I didn't want that. And I never wanted that. I never, I, I've never wanted to be a white woman and I've never wanted to be a white man. I'll say that. (laughs) None of those make sense to me. Um, But it just, 
yeah, gender was hard because fashion was hard and fashion was hard because it made no sense. I never wanted to wear a suit ever. But, Mm. you know, as soon as you're gay, people are like put on a bow tie. Like (laughs) I hated wearing a suit and I hated wearing a dress and there was nothing in between, like literally nothing until I got to my 30s. And I was like, I don't give a shit what I'm supposed to wear to this event. I just want to look cool. Mm. Never wore a suit or a dress ever again. Just like wore something cool. And uh, I was working on this... (laughs) I wasn't working on it yet, but I was about to get a job working on an event where a friend of mine was producing a uh, festival in a mansion and was like, there's no way I can produce this by myself. I need I need like a, a producer to work with me and kept saying my name, kept saying I was incredible, that I had helped with some other music festival, blah, blah, blah. And they were just like, no, 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 we don't have the money. And then I literally told her, tell them my name is Dan. Like, same story, I'm the same person, literally just say Dan, and they were like, yes, and they found the money. Wow. Yeah, so I started I started using Dan for business reasons. Wow. And it just felt so good. When I was working on that project, I was like, I just never felt so confident, so comfortable, like, you know, it was, we were working with like 200 people or something, all these musicians and artists and uh, designers and whatever, catering, like every person who came through that door or every person I got on the phone with, they all knew me as Dan. Hmm. And it was a situation where I didn't have to like disclose my former name or anything. Like there was no, they had to look at my license or blah, blah, blah. So I was so safe in that uh, environment to be called Dan. I'm sure there are plenty of ways that it wasn't safe, but right, right. In the very least, to be called Dan. And I was like, I'm never going back. Like, I'm never going back. This feels amazing. And that was like four years ago. Wow. Yeah, three, four years ago. And from that is where I changed my pronouns. Wow. Yeah, it was Dan first, and for a while I was going by both my former name and my name, and then. I was like, there's just, I was going by all pronouns, which I actually do really like. I do feel like all genders or whatever, but right. uh, people don't get it. They don't really get like when each pronoun is appropriate. I mean, besides my girlfriend, basically, but <laughs> everyone else would be like, oh, okay. So I'll just like use she all the time then. And that me- that's fine with you, you've said. And I'm like, no, I have three pronouns doesn't mean pick one pronoun and use it, mm, you know, but right, right. at least getting rid of that made me feel so much better. Like when I, when somebody calls me Dan, I feel seen. When somebody says he, I feel seen. When somebody says they, I feel like my community is recognized. And outside of that, I'm like, I, whoever's talking to me, I don't know. Like I just, I just know it. So yeah, I mean, quite quite a an origin story more of an origin thought process i guess but <laughs> no i love it i mean a lot of what you said i really resonate with because i think for a long long time one of the reasons why i haven't felt comfortable um being non-binary like actually claiming that as mine is because i don't have that you know stereotypical story of recognizing my gender like very my gender story is very similar to like my sexuality story where I was raised in a home and with a lot of beliefs that told me that that wasn't an option, like having sex or being attracted to people other than a cis man is not an option for you. Very similarly to the gender thing. And so just as I came out um, as queer at a very 
I mean, older age, but I mean, you know, it's not, not, it's not that old. I mean, given the situation, you know, there's lots of people who come out at like 75, you know, but for me to see all of my friends at the time who were like, oh, I'd been known that I was gay since I was like three and I had a crush on my teacher. I was like, I I didn't even have access to that. Mm -hmm. And um, same with gender. You know, it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I was doing some really deep and intense study about gender, mostly for my work, I realized. But I think honestly, it was for myself. Like I, I, I was picking up these books and just reading a lot about gender theory. And I just really wanted to be well rounded in my practice as a sex educator. And then I realized, like, I'm not actually researching this for work. Like, this is about me. And this is about my identity. So and even then, you know, um, I've been as I've been really trying to process my own gender identity and expression. I've been trying to like, pick up on cues of like, when I was seven, do I look like a non binary kid when Mm -hmm. I was like, eight or 12 or 14. Um, And it's really interesting because on the one hand, like I can re- have those memories of like being just totally embodied in my body and not really thinking about gender at that time. It just was like, oh, there's a dress. I'll wear a dress. Like it wasn't that deep, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so now when I look back, I mean, there's certainly a voice in my head that can be like, well, since you came out so late, you were like a woman up until you were 33 or whatever. And I'm able to look at pictures now and see that, oh, I've I've always been a non-binary kid, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. And also, too, I, I stumbled across some writings that I did like, um, oh, gosh, I think it was like 2007. I shared them with you. Oh, yeah. It was I, I can't remember what exactly it said, but it was about style. And I said something like, I want my style to be like mostly boy with like feminine touches or something like that Uh and I I mean obviously I had no idea what I was saying at the time I had no idea what those implications were but like that was how I felt and that was how um that's that's how I expressed and described myself at the time so it's been really interesting to to I guess like try to subvert this voice in my brain that tells me that I'm not non-binary enough because I don't have that that pivotal moment or it's, it's, it's been more like, it hasn't been like one big moment. It's been like tiny little moments and memories and like really courageous steps that I've taken to like be here today. You know, absolutely. I think that's way more accurate of a depiction of how it is for everyone. To Mm. be honest, I think there are plenty of people who are like, I was in the garden putting a tree in the ground and I realized in that moment this is my identity. But I think more than that, it's going into different spaces, being treated differently by different people, realizing what is comfortable and what isn't, and more so realizing what isn't comfortable and what Mm. is not safe and being like, I don't know why that makes me feel so fucking weird, but I that is something I don't like. And then however long down the road you realize like oh it's because like they were calling us ladies like oh it's because like it takes so long to unravel what it means because we're literally taught 
the thing you dislike is normal and you're gonna like it like that's that's what they say to us so then when we're like we dislike it okay that's how it's supposed to be wonderful moving on and you don't even question it you don't like think critically about that feeling of unsafety you just move on thinking i'm supposed to feel unsafe Mm -hmm. and you never really uncover any parts of your identity yeah yeah this is making me think about gender dysphoria versus gender euphoria Mm -hmm. and i think one of the things that has kept me from feeling like i was allowed to call myself non-binary is I didn't really experience very much gender dysphoria. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, there are certainly moments where, like, you know, someone calling me ladies or uh, I, I really don't like being called woman. Like, I know that and I can feel that viscerally in my body. But in terms of feeling like I don't want to have boobs or mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to have a vulva like none of those things really resonated with me so i'm like am i even non-binary if i don't hate my body that's why i didn't come out for so long yeah is because i was like i don't i literally was like i don't hate myself so i can't be trans Mm. and that's such a harmful thing to think like most trans people don't hate themselves like we hate what society puts on us and makes us believe and blah 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 but it's you know there are so many trans individuals who I mean, I'll just use myself, for example. The second I started using the word genderqueer, I was like, I love my body now. Like, now that I know, like, these are boy titties, I'm, like, having the time of my fucking life, you know? The only time I was nervous about my body is when I felt like my body had to be a certain way so that people could see me the way that they really wanted to see me. Like, Mm -hmm. they didn't want to see, like, an ugly girl or whatever. They didn't want to see, like, a prissy boy, like... They wanted to see like the, like a pretty feminine lady human. Like I don't know, I don't even know how to talk about it. But like the, you know, other people were projecting. I said something on a podcast forever ago that was like, I don't have dysphoria, but people have dysphoria about me. Like mm, people yeah. look at me and they're like. They they either like really really don't like it or they really really don't see what they're looking at. Yeah. So it's really difficult, but that's also why gender euphoria was so important to me. Like, I just, it's easier for me to think of, like, here are some things about my gender that I love. Here are some things that make me feel seen. Here are the things that make me feel really good. Like, it's kind of hard for me to think, like, what are the things about myself and my gender that I dislike? What are the things about myself and my gender that don't align with how I feel inside when how I feel inside is the projection of what other people think Mm. gender is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So it's such a confusing journey. And I think it's, 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 uh, it's really helpful. And it's also really dangerous because dysphoria is also a word that's used in therapy and psychiatry. So people can literally, if they don't have that word on a paper, they cannot get hormones. Right, right. So even if you are trans and you're like I love my body but I would like love if my like pecs looked like this instead I want to go get hormones you would have to in therapy explain to them that you don't feel comfortable in a body that you do feel comfortable in just right. so they could sign off on the papers so that you can continue to explore your gender journey it's like it's wild it's, it's wild. really wild it's really wild I mean I think that once I started to focus more on gender euphoria as opposed to gender dysphoria that's when a light clicked up in my head yeah. I was like oh I know that you know I feel more comfortable dressing in a particular way for me I think the gender my own gender expression has come through 
um, the way that I feel internally, like intuitively, you know, just as I said, like viscerally, I can feel it in my body whenever someone calls me a lady or a woman. I'm like, ugh, like International Women's Day this year was <laughs> really rough. Goodness. Because I'm like, it was like constant. Mm-hmm. Like I was being lumped into these like black women sex educators. And I, and I, I take a little bit of responsibility for that because I haven't actually come out and said, Hey, I, you know, I wasn't correcting those people, mm-hmm. but that information was really interesting for me to notice. Like I can, I can pick up on the things that feel good and the things that don't feel good. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's like, I've been playing around with dressing sometimes mm-hmm. and like, um, you know, the way that I like what my style is and things like that. Um, and I, I have to admit that I, I find it a little hard for me to not see that as superficial hmm. that like, and I don't know why that's coming up. Probably I'm sure it's connected to imposter syndrome because everything kind of comes back to that for me. But, um, I found myself being like, ah, clothes are clothes. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But I'm having to remind myself that, the way that I dress myself is a direct reflection of how I feel inside. And so if my gender identity comes through in a particular mode of dress or style, even if that style on the outside to some would appear like, oh, that's woman identified or whatever. <laughs> um, like it's about how I feel as opposed to what other people think of me. Yeah. And it's only the people who don't understand non-binary identity at all that will see it so binary Mm. like anyone who has any understanding of non-binary would never look at the way you dress and be like probably cis you know what i mean like it's it's just that that isn't how it that isn't how it goes i mean part of it is like i don't know whatever the non-binary intuitive whatever it is but also the second your eyes are opened up to the fact that it's not just number one number two versus each other (laughs) Yeah. Then you start to see everything so differently. And there are people who, even if they identify as cis, binary, it's like you can see within them the ways that they are either going against mm-hmm. the binary or, you know, could possibly be binary if they like opened open that door even a tiny bit. Like you start to look around the world and see the possibilities of not only your own identity, but other people's identities, you know, like maybe two years ago, a neighbor you never would have asked. Now you're like, I wonder what their pronouns are. Yeah. You know, it just changes the way everything looks. Yeah. Yeah. This conversation is making me want to ask you, cause I'm just really curious. I don't know if I've ever asked you this before. Like what does what does your gender expression mean to you? And like by that, like because one thing that I'm noticing as I've heard so many stories from non-binary folks and been doing a lot of like research and just checking in with myself, like it's so different. Like there's not one definition or expression of being non-binary, trans, genderqueer. And I'm really like I'm really curious about like what genderqueer, non-binary, trans means to you. And in particular, like how that shows up for you, Mm -hmm. you know? That's a great question. Um, Well, to me, non-binary, I'll start there. Non-binary just means not within the binary. Mm -hmm. So if we think of binary as male and female or man and woman or masculine and feminine, we uh, assume that we exist either under one or the other of those. So to me, non-binary means like 
that's not how it is. <laughs> like there's either, you know, you can think of it however you want. Either there's a spectrum from one side to the other, which still feels a little binary to me, or I've seen it described as like gender is in a circle. Mm. Um, so even like there is no binary on a circle, you know, right, you can right. be anywhere on the spectrum and you right. still, you know, even if we decide that masculine and feminine are ways to describe, I don't know, like, uh, the way clothes look or hang off you or whatever or um even if we decide to use those words for that that would still fall on this like weird circle in a way where you wouldn't be able to like pit the two against each other i love i have to say i love that like i love the idea of seeing gender as a circle as opposed to a line because i think that's how so many of us see it it's like man on one side woman on the other and non-binary is in the middle mm-hmm. and this idea of circle you just blew my mind i love that yeah one time i did i mean i had like two days where i did art once and it was um i had gotten a lot of my deceased mother's like old paints and i was just like testing out the brushes and i ended up doing just like a bunch of little circles in a circle they were all different colors and they were from like they were kind of from a like deep red to a deep purple so it wasn't like pink and blue like Mm. there was literally no pink and blue but everything had pink and blue in it and when my friends came over i would be like pick your gender and almost everyone picked two or more colors Mm. and i was like because that's why (laughs) because that's why like almost everyone picked like two or more colors and i did as well like it just it just it just made sense to me and my gender expression is the same way like two or more colors yeah. i don't know like I, I i just i'm not comfortable shopping in like the men's section in ll bean and i'm not <laughs> comfortable shopping in fucking women's section of ann taylor or whatever i don't know what the, <laughs> i don't know what the binary I'm sorry, is imagining you in ann taylor <laughs> I know. I actually make more sense in the LL Bean, don't I? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, but Ann Taylor. Ann Taylor makes no sense. <laughs> Woo! I'm really proud of myself for even remembering that Ann Taylor exists. I mean, I'm I'm surprised you pulled those two brands out of your ass Thank like you. that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Because they really do speak to like burly man <laughs> and like womanly woman exactly (laughs) which is like i don't feel like i'm either one of those things like i'm really like i've told you before either fruity boy or like fairy boy you've called me fairy godbrother like there's something about a glittery prince that really makes sense to me but when i tell you i was not comfortable with any for lack of a better word feminine traits being within my masculinity like i you know, I was in a relationship with someone who liked it better when I was masculine. Mm. And that really confused me because there are things that I love that would be considered more feminine. And I didn't really get to explore that. Like, I have like this big furry pink hoodie that I love wearing. And it's like, why does that make me feminine? Like, yeah, you know, I want to express myself by looking like a funny little muppet not i want to express myself by wearing pink because pink is for my whatever like i don't know i don't know but my gender expression is just very much like you can't figure it out like that that's Mm. the thing people usually see me and they people stare at me everywhere i go and i don't think it's because they hate me i mean hey there are some places where that is the case but i think it's literally because they're trying to figure out what the fuck is going on yeah because i don't fit within 
the expression they're used to. Like I don't and and when I'm when I am literally wearing like my Carhartt jacket and my hat and my whatever, I'll go to Trader Joe's and they'll be like, "Sir, you left your honey." And like <laughs> in that way, I fall into their like boy gender whatever and that feels fine to me. That feels really good to me, but it's also like just because they see I'm wearing a Carhartt jacket, if they had taken like two more minutes to like look at the rest of my outfit, yeah. like figure out my pink socks with my purple Tevas, like they would have just been like, uh, 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 uh you, <laughs> which is what happens the most, which is yeah. honestly what I'm going for, but it's not always seen that way. I mean, I, I don't know if that's exactly what you were asking, but I would also defer to you. Like, how does your gender expression show up outside of even just clothes? Oh, man. Well, I mean, first, I want to say that, like, you're bringing up something that I've been thinking about a lot. I was actually at the store recently. And, you know, I've been really, th- I've been really curious about um, the way that I present myself and the way that other people see me. And I've been exploring what it looks like for me to dress in a particular way that's based on intention as opposed to like this is in my closet let me just throw this on because I've been noticing that there are nuances to my gender that today I could feel one way and that tomorrow I might feel something completely different so the way that I dress the way that I adorn myself even the way that I talk like it changes and so I went to um, I went to the store a few days ago, actually, and I was feeling very much in my like, I'm not like I'm not in the feminine realm. Like I'm like, I'm like, sort of moving in between, you know, but like not I'm more like more in the mask area. And I was just really curious to see how other people were going to see me. And I got mammed, missed uh, up the wazoo. And I was like, for me, it wasn't like, it wasn't a jolt in my body. It was just like, that's really interesting. Like, I wonder what people are seeing because for me, like if I saw myself walking down the street, I wouldn't, I, I mean, I wouldn't make that assumption, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. it was really interesting, especially because the person that mammed me was someone who was like very queer looking. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how, I don't understand how, and especially in COVID too, like, cause most of my face, you can't even see my face. Right. So what is it based on? Yeah. That's so my like, question all the time right. is what are people looking at? Like, I don't right. even understand. I mean, to me, especially when you and I go out together, I'm just like, we look so non-binary. Yeah. Like there's no way around it, but we will get like ladies. And I'm like, what the fuck yeah, like, are, are you looking at? What are people at? seeing? What are you seeing? <laughs> yeah. Cause it's not like I'm walking around in like high heels and... <laughs> I got glitter on my eye. You know, yeah, like it's not yeah. it's not like that at all. And I feel that the energy that I carry a lot of the times, especially now because of COVID, I feel like I have to bulk up a little bit mm-hmm. and like really put myself in a place of protection because it's like, you know, shit's crazy out there. And to still get mammed and missed, I'm like, that's, I don't know. And so I'm wondering like what what I would need to do, not necessarily feeling like I need to do something, but like, what would it take mm-hmm. for me to have that same experience that people have with you where it's like, uh, uh like, I don't know what you are. Like, do I have to butch it up more? What does that look like? Yeah. Why I mean, does it matter? <laughs> yeah. What you would have to do is you would have to preconceive how everyone is going to see you and then try to get ahead of their own 
presumptions about you Which you know what possible it's so impossible. It's impossible yeah it's impossible i mean that's why community is so important like yeah. it's not even i don't know i i uh, what happened for me was i realized i was non-binary or accepted i was non-binary or however you want to phrase that and then my non-binary community came to me. It was like then, you know, Jordy became one of my the closest people to me. Then like it, it was just the way that it worked for me was like I had to see myself first. And then I started to attract all the people that were like, oh, yeah, yeah, Dan, duh. Like mm-hmm, it just, mm-hmm. it, you know, and the people who are in my life now, it's like there's no question ever, which is why it's almost like it's gotten worse like being misgendered a year ago maybe yeah. it wouldn't have felt so bad as it feels now but everyone in my life gets it like yeah. friends who i've had since i were was 11 understand me way better now like mm. the second i was like oh yeah I, I use all pronouns and i go by dan they were like oh okay yeah 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 yeah. that that's ways like nobody had any trouble with it and then now that I, almost all the people in my life are like so so spot on like even my dad calls me dan when my neighbor sees me and zoe walking upstairs and they're like hi girls i'm like shocked to the core i'm like what in the fuck is going on and it really makes me want to move into the middle of the woods with all my (laughs) non-binary friends and everybody else can fuck off like that's genuinely what it's like yeah i actually have a question i feel like i've asked you this before but I want to know how you see me. I know you asked me like how, like, you know, who I am as a non-binary person, how it shows up for me. But I'm really fascinated by the way that my like chosen family and loved ones see me. Like, I don't I kind of care about the people on the street that I don't know, but I care more so about folks like you and and Jonathan and Zoe and like the people that I really just cherish And I, the reason why I'm curious about this is because I recently had a conversation with someone who was like, I thought you were non-binary for ages. You came out years ago. (laughs) And that threw me for a loop because I was like, well, I didn't even know that I was non-binary until like a couple of years ago, really. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm just really curious about how you see me. Well, I wouldn't say that it's like we met and I was like, I bet you're non-binary. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's not, it's definitely not like that. But to me, you've always been Evian and it's like, I don't know the way that you've described before the title of your podcast and being like the sexually liberated woman is is like not be it's about the people that I talk to I was like oh thank fuck because that never made sense to me Mm. I was like I just never understood why that was the name of your podcast which we'll we can get into talking about of course but like that didn't make sense to me and then when you know the more gender conversations that we had it came more forward that you were non-binary i was like oh no shit that didn't make sense to me then Mm. and also i think i think i was like theming you before you You were were. yeah before you were fully using uh they pronouns yeah and i remember asking you actually like why are you doing that not from a place of just like why are you doing that but more so i was just curious about where that was coming from Mm -hmm. i remember i remember you asking me too because I don't want to be misgendering someone. And also, you know, I will use they for people if I don't know their pronouns, but it just came out of me so naturally. Like I never tried to non-binarize you or something. (laughs) (laughs) It just like came really naturally out of me. And I think really more than anything I saw, like whatever it is that we share in gender, which, 
you know, who knows if you would say like we are this we have the same gender expression or something. Maybe that that maybe isn't the case, but I feel like it's similar. Yeah, but it is similar. Yeah. It feel, like I feel like me, you, and Jordy could get mistaken for one another, even though the three of us look nothing alike and wouldn't yeah. share dresses or whatever. You right. know, it's like there's something about the amount of gender energies again if we are to go back to masculine and feminine it feels very balanced within you Mm. it doesn't feel like uh like i don't see you and think oh this is a very very feminine person who sometimes like i don't know wears a tank top or whatever like to me you your your gender energies feel so balanced that i wouldn't be able to pick one or the other that's really interesting yeah that's really, really interesting. And I'm sure some of it is the way you dress, but I think more of my memories of the way you dress are probably more, uh, I guess, well, not even though. I'm like, is a brown jumpsuit feminine? Like, <laughs> Right, because I mean, then we get into the, the space of like, what exactly does feminine mean? What exactly does masculine mean? Right. You know, because if we're going to say that high heels and glitter is feminine, like why? Why? Literally, yeah. Literally, why? Right? <laughs> like Harry Styles just wore that dress and I'm like, well, he didn't look feminine because he was wearing a dress. He you know, he was like wearing a dress and that was great because he wanted to wear the dress. Like it right. to, to me, it didn't make him look like softer, more feminine, more gay, more whatever. I was yeah. like, here's a dude in a dress. Like, <laughs> yeah. And that doesn't necessarily say anything about their gender necessarily. Cause right. anybody can put on a dress. Also, if you put glitter on my cheeks, I look more masculine. Explain it. <laughs> I mean, I was, me and Zoe had talked about this, like I think last year where she was talking about how, she like sometimes doesn't wear a bra and I'll I do the same like I feel the most masculine when my tits are out Mm, mm -hmm. and like that is interesting for people because I think they would think that you know seeing me with my tits out and my nipples you know poking through a tank top that I'm being more feminine yeah but you're so right but I feel so much more masculine when I have my tits out like that yeah you're so you're so so right because I would see the same way because I know all I know all the outfits you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i'm thinking about like the stuff like even when i wear a dress like i think the things that i've been thinking of a lot lately is that i can feel gender dysphoria so much more based on what i'm wearing Mm -hmm. and that is when it feels very visceral to me like a really great example and i don't even know if you remember this but we were in new york together and we i had just done a panel And it was really, really hot. So I was wearing like this polyester pantsuit or whatever. And it was really pretty, but it was so hot. And I remember I packed a dress because I knew that after the panel that I was going to change. And um, I was wearing a pantsuit with with heels. Mm -hmm. So when I changed, I was wearing like a slinky dress and heels. And I remember being so fucking uncomfortable. I remember that. Like I I wanted to crawl out of my fucking skin because Mm -hmm. to me, it just felt way too feminine. Yeah. And I've noticed that that has been like a like a that's that there's been history of that for me. Yeah. For many years. I remember that you were like, in my mind, I was like, you look great like what 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 is it like explain what it is that makes you uncomfortable and it was specifically the two of them together yeah. like you would wear the heels with your pantsuit or you would wear the dress with your converse but exactly having the two of them together put them in this different category right i remember that i mean we talked so much about gender on that trip we too did. that it was like you, you can't ignore shit like that once you're like hey so the idea of gender euphoria and then something like that happens and it's like 
woo. But I'm with you. They're like clothes. Clothes are really difficult for me. There are mm. some things that's like a sleeve will be a certain way, and I'm like, no, I literally can't. I yeah. can't wear this. Yeah, and it's tough too because like I don't know. I don't. I don't. Which I, w- I would be interested to ask you about some of this stuff, but. Oh my god, actually, I've been wanting to talk to you about this so what? bad. What, what? I'm so excited. <laughs> well, I want to talk about binders and packers and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm personally not interested in wearing a binder because I'm so sensitive. It's like I I could never do like a getting a surgery or taking a hormones or wearing a binder because it's like I get sick. I took Tylenol a year ago and I was sick for two weeks. Like, yeah, so you know hospitals doctors whatever we can go back into my whole history if you want one day but (laughs) anyways that stuff just isn't for me and i i can't feel constricted in that way i do wear a low compression like swim top instead outplay swimwear if you want to get one um and i absolutely love it but the other day i got a reading from jordy actually which everyone should do earth to jordy on instagram um and gender was one of my questions and Mm. she at the end, she was like, let me just see if there's anything else from the cards. Have you ever tried a packer? And <gasps> like moved on. And I was like, what? Which I've not been interested in a packer either. Huh. I don't want I don't want something hanging in my pants. I don't know. <laughs> but then I found Evian. Really cute boxer briefs, lavender, and they have a little like insert so you can put a packer in. And there's just a foam insert, which is just like a boop. And it literally looks like a little Ken crotch. And I was and I have oh. been screaming Ken crotch for like <laughs> months like i'm about to bring zoe over here and be like when did i start screaming ken crotch because i was like that is like the thing that i identify with most like Uh, yeah yeah that is the i don't know if i could if i could flip a switch or whatever i mean i don't want to change anything about my body but that is something like i want a little protective cup you know Mm -hmm. or something like that that i was just like literally discovered what the day after we tried to record the podcast (laughs) the first time or something (laughs) But I'm just interested to know how you feel about those things. Any sort of like um, clothes altering, like body shaping, any of that stuff. Have you thought about any of that or... Uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I haven't, but I feel like I've been selecting those things with for myself without even knowing it. Mm. I mean, because of COVID and quarantine, I'm not really wearing bras very much these days because right. I'm in my house and I mean, it doesn't really matter if I'm wearing a bra and I've that's fine. But when I do go out, I typically wear um, like sports leisure wear, you know, mm-hmm. and typically, you know, it's a sports bra and the sports bra is just like, you know, they suck it all in. And I've been noticing how it feels for me to have like my chest become much smaller. Mm-hmm. And depending on the day, sometimes I really like that. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it feels sometimes it can feel safe for me yeah. like I'm not being ogled or it also I'm, I'm thinking about this now like I'm literally processing this in real time I feel like whenever I wear something like that it makes me feel like there is a potential that someone would not ma'am or miss me you know yeah, absolutely. like that ups that ups the potential where that doesn't happen um so I've been noticing that I do tend to steer toward like if I am going to wear something I do and I'm out, I'm out somewhere. Like I do notice that I tend to wear something that's going to be restrictive, but it didn't really dawn on me until kind of you asking me that question that that's where that was coming from. Yeah. I don't have any interest in packing. Mm -hmm. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't really have any interest in that. 
at this stage. I mean, I don't know. I think that's, that's the other thing that I think about a lot when it comes to my gender is the notion that like, in order for you to be non-binary or trans, as you said before, that you have to want to be a man. And because that thing was missing for me, like I have no desire to be a man. I have no desire to be, I mean, it would be kind of fun to be sir yeah i kind of like that that'd be that'd be kind of fun um but in terms of like embodying that like full cis male energy like i'm not into yeah. that at all um i i would love to have a penis but not because of it's attached to manlyhood right i know it's more just I like just like push a button and be able yes, to switch like and, i just want to feel what that feels like yeah, and like sure. have fun with something like that but it, to me it's not attached to gender it's just a part of the body that i don't have that i would be interested yeah. in playing with yeah same well just because anyone of any gender can have a penis like yeah, you know what i mean right. so it's like to think about first of all genitals in general it's like they all do the same thing so it's so odd to me that in general we've decided to assign like one or the other specifically because again if you want to talk about something on a circle like no two genitals look the same like Mm -hmm. the functions are so similar it literally is a spectrum all the way from teeny tiny to big large and then like all the glee globs in the middle do whatever they need to do like i've never thought about my genitals being connected to my gender and in Mm -hmm. fact it like bothers me so much that people ask your gender everywhere like i guess if you know i guess in in some ways you have to but why do i have to put my gender on my job application like what like i don't know it doesn't make any sense or like why do i have to put my gender when i'm signing up for linktree.com or whatever which maybe i don't have to i don't want to i don't want to throw them under the bus for no reason (laughs) i don't want to throw them under the bus for no reason um but you know you know, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Sure. Like, mm-hmm. why do I have to put my gender in these places where it genuinely does not matter? I guess if you want to target ads toward me or whatever. So I do put man, like my ASOS, I put man because I'm like, I really don't want to be getting dress emails, but. Right. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. No. And I mean, I don't. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, literally that's how it feels and it's so and it's like really it's a debilitating feeling to feel like for example what i'm experiencing right now is you know doing job applications and sending in my resume and it's like i will feel so fucking confident like and all of the jobs i'm looking at are director level vp senior level stuff like that and i'm definitely qualified been in the business for 12 years so good at this stuff have so such a bulked up like great resume wonderful references and then i'm like on the application website and I my uh, choices are male, female and prefer not to say. Mm. And I'm like, well, I do prefer to say, though, like, what? Why is that my only option? I don't ever I don't understand why that is an option. I don't either. I mean, prefer not to say is a great option to give people for any question you have. But like male, female, other is even better. Like, I don't know. Like, give me the opportunity, like male, female, fill in the blank even like let me say it if you have to fucking know in the first place but it's like i'll feel so confident and then they'll be like okay if you have any former name you have to write it down right now so that we can look it up and i'm like fuck so i feel great about my resume and now i have to put my gender uh which you don't have listed here and i have to give you my former name which makes me so uncomfortable and now i 
ex don't even want to fucking work for this company. Like yeah. I literally it's I can be so far down into an application cover letter ready to go and I will literally just be like never mind cuz it's so you, you feel like such shit when you you know who you are, you present who you are and then you're met with thank you for presenting yourself. Um can we have some other options? Like it just sucks. It's weird. Yeah. I want to ask you something. Yeah, ask me something. Well, I really want to talk about the title of your podcast. Yeah. I want to know how it makes you feel and when you realized you felt that way. Um, so I have to give context Love because it. you you mentioned this earlier, um, but I want to make sure that everyone knows this. Um the sexually liberated woman was never supposed to be a descriptor of me. It was always a descriptor of the people that I had worked with. So the sexually liberated woman wasn't even really a podcast. It was like, it was like an audio series that I did where I interviewed um, a few of my clients. I think it was three or four of them. It's been so long ago. I don't really remember. but um, And I just talked to them about their journey of their journey of working with me in particular, but mostly like their journey of sexual self-discovery and sexual healing. And um, one of the through lines with those people who at the time all identified as, as cis women was their reclamation of the idea that they are sexually liberated, that through this work, um, they have found the confidence to say that they are in the process of sexual liberation. Because I think for me, I don't see sexual liberation as a destination. It's more of a journey which I also think that that probably got lost in the translation of this, the podcast title. But anyway, um, from it was from that place that I started the podcast. And it wasn't because I was calling myself a sexually liberated woman. It was because I was talking to these people who identified as women. And they were really excited to finally be able to say, like, after all the trauma that I have experienced, after all of the shame that I've put myself through, I can say that I'm a sexually liberated woman. And it dawned on me kind of recently that like, oh, people think that I'm saying that I'm the sexually liberated woman. That was never my intention. Right. Uh, and it, wa it was probably it was probably when that pinged into my head, as well as the explorations that I've been doing with gender that I'm like, oh, this this doesn't feel good. Like, I'm cool to acknowledge the sexually liberated woman and anyone who identifies as a woman, you know, like. I love that. I like, I encourage that. I'm inspired by that. But if we're just talking about me, I don't identify as a woman. Like, I, I, I don't, like, I just, yuck. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I just, yeah. I don't, it's not, it's not my jam. And the, the idea that I could be talking about or that people could be thinking that I'm talking about myself. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to confuse people. So, um, yeah, I, I have to change the title of this podcast. I, I can't, I can't continue to, yeah, I, I just, I just can't continue to align myself with something, even if in my mind, I'm like, no, 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 I, it's not talking about me. It's talking about <laughs> all these other people. Like, it's not getting that way. And you even said so yourself that you thought that I named the podcast because I was talking about myself. Right. Yeah. So many non-binary people that listen to your podcast just went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, for me, I've been like, oh, as well. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this podcast was never about me. Like, I wanted to share my story. And obviously, there's lots of episodes where I'm talking about my own journey of sexual liberation. But I just wanted it to be like a journey of sexual liberation. Like, I wasn't ever putting myself on a pedestal to be, I'm the sexually liberated woman, guys. Right. I thought I was doing a pretty good job of being like, you know, even in the description um, of the podcast and like this podcast celebrates, honors, encourages the sexually liberated woman, like as an archetype. Right. But again, I don't think people were catching on to that. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just knowing that people have been seeing me in that way and and having the visceral response in my body whenever I think about myself as being a woman at this stage, I'm like, nah, it, it has to go. It has to change. Dang. Something that we touched on when we faux recorded <laughs> was family. Mm-hmm. And I like my dad calls me Dan and I've expressed sort of like I prefer he and they pronouns, but we haven't had like a full sit down whole conversation, which now I'm thank God for Elliot Page is all I have to say, because I'm like that validated my pronouns so much more than anything else on planet fucking Earth. Like there I can't tell you how many people are just confused by me like the thing that's been like stressing me out the most is what you're talking about with this podcast, how other people are perceiving and talking about me. Mm-hmm. And we don't have any, any control over that. Zero control over that. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned family because that has been something that I've been thinking about a lot as I grow in my pride and confidence of being non-binary. I've I've been wondering, like, is it time for me to have a conversation with my family? And I, I still feel really uncomfortable with that. Yeah. Because I don't want to – this is something that just feels so precious to me and so tender and delicate that I I just don't think that the time right now – I just – I don't want to have to explain myself. I don't want to have to put myself in a defensive because I know that that's that's the position that I'm going to have to be put in. And there's still a lot of things about – my non-binariness that I don't know. Like, it's not lost on me that you asked me a question ages ago about like, what does non-binary mean to you? And I'm like, so anyway, let's talk about some... (laughs) I don't know if you noticed that, but I completely changed the subject. Um, Because I don't know. I mean, I can can give like, I can give the things that make me feel good. I can like talk about the things that don't really feel all that great. I can talk about how I need to change the name of this podcast because it doesn't fit with me. But when it comes to like me having a sit down conversation with my mom being like, so just so you know, I'm non-binary. I'm still using she pronouns, but you can also use they. That feels really good to me. Like, yeah, it just doesn't feel safe for me right now. Yeah, that's tough. And I and I don't I don't necessarily think that my mom or my sister or anyone else in my family wouldn't be able to handle that information. I just don't think that I'm strong enough to be able to sit in the seat of my power as I talk about this right now. Ooh, well, strength isn't the word for it. I'll say that much. <laughs> it's not it's not about strength. It's about like, can you shut down your emotions for long enough to be able to answer people's questions? Because yeah. it becomes you become a teacher to people, you know, and right. that's that's what's so difficult about 
coming out and having to come out over and over is like you don't really get to just come out you know there are so few scenarios these scenarios do exist but there are so few scenarios where you're like oh non-binary yeah she and they and people are like okay cool and then you move on and your whole night is great and everyone sees you for who you are like those scenarios are few and far between so it's like it's hard to be like okay am i i've thought about this with my fucking neighbor like i i want to be like those aren't my pronouns, but I also am going to have to explain so yeah. fucking much that it's not worth it. I will become less safe. Right. So it's like, it, it's complicated. Also, I don't, I don't know how y'all feel about stuff. Like, I'm not trying to, I don't know right. anything about you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I am not trying to like put myself in a really difficult position. And then I think about it with my dad. Like, the reason I haven't had this huge conversation with him is because. I feel like there are so many things I don't know what to say about. Like, how do I explain? I love when he calls me daughter. But like, if you're talking to other people, like, like, can you say kid or whatever, which, you know, or like, I don't know, it's confusing because I'm like, I like daughter and I like he and I like they and I like boyfriend and I like I'm like, I have a lot of different things that I like and it's not it's not easy. It's not yeah. easy to just click into. But my, right. I've had really great experiences with my dad where we'll be talking about a friend and we'll be like, blah, blah, blah. They, whatever, whatever. And he'll just say they. Like, he doesn't even, you know, he doesn't even ask, like, oh, it, like, sh- what should I say? What should I call it? Like, he will slip right into it and whatever. But for some reason, I'm just like, I feel like I'm showing up to a test not prepared or something. It's like, I don't have all the answers. You know, I feel really confident in who I am. And the second that you're like, okay, but, um, you said that I could say this though. Then I'm like, wait, like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to like, ah, I don't know, which I, I don't, I don't think that's how it'll go with my dad. And, you know, I think with it, we would probably both have better conversations than whatever we could imagine, because I know how you and I can imagine worst case scenarios. (laughs) God, we could we're do a really good job so of it. Good at that. We're so good. We're at that. really super good at we that. We should get paid to do. That. <laughs> we should really get paid. Oh my god! To imagine worst case scenarios. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good idea, actually. Yeah, I mean, I would love, I would love to get to a point where I feel super comfortable talking to my family about this. I mean, it was it was difficult for me to talk to Jonathan about it. Right. You know, but that went well, right? It did. It did go well. I mean, there was confusion, mm-hmm. of course, because I think that there's just so much ignorance about non-binary experience, trans experience that I mean, I think he was like, oh, my God, like, do you do you want to become a man is like, are you going to change your name? And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's right. It's, it's not like that. You know, like, that's that's not my experience. But I'm just trying to explain to you how I feel and and stuff like that and um and yeah the experiences with him have been really well and I I feel I feel really safe and held with him but um but yeah, that's my partner you know he's also queer right yeah. so he and he understands I mean he was right there reading these gender theory books that I was reading too so yeah. I mean he he gets it you know um, and he has he has friends who are trans and you know he has a sibling who is non-binary so like this is this is something that he is used to um, so yeah I'm I'm really grateful that he's been able to meet me where I'm at with this and not make it into a big deal or I don't know that basically I'm grateful that he's not transphobic I mean right. that's, that's what I'm saying Gosh, low bar but yeah. yeah I know right <laughs> but you'd be surprised yeah for real for real 
Woo. I mean, I think the other thing that's interesting to to talk about is the fact that so many trans people have like new families, you know, yeah. and it's not like no disrespect to a blood family or whatever. But I just I don't speak to anyone I'm blood related to. When I talk about my dad, I'm talking about the guy who adopted me in my 20s, my mom's third husband, like he he's raised me more than anyone. You know, my my mom and he got married when I was like 13 or something like that. So definitely most father figure in my life were not blood related and I really don't talk to anyone I'm blood related to. Like my family has been chosen slowly but surely over the past like maybe 20 years. Like yeah, family is a different thing when you're trans and when you're queer. There are so many people that it's like I can't tell you how many people I've met for the first time and within two hours we're like talking about how we don't have a family or whatever. We're like talking about yeah. like, oh yeah, I don't speak to those people and mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you move on to a different subject but most queer and trans people I know have a brand, brand new spanking family because safety is the number one priority. Yeah. And maybe maybe that's why I'm not feeling like an impulse to talk to my own family about it yeah. because I already get my needs, my familial needs met with other people who I know are safe Mm -hmm. and who I know aren't going to ask me, you know, um, invasive questions about, about why is it that way? Or that's really like, I don't, yeah, I I just don't think that it's, it's not necessary, you know? Um, but I'm also like, what would it be like if I could hear my mom use they pronouns for me? Like, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, it was really exciting when I got a piece of mail that was addressed to Dan Owens Reed. I was Aww. like, Eat. I was like, oh, my God, my dad knows my name is Dan, which, of course, he does because I've like said it or whatever. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, my God, what? Like, yeah. it's just it's so it, it feels so good to be seen. And it feels really good to be seen by people who have known you for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's like, it, it's it's not this clear. And I don't want to like place this pressure on people. But it's really like you've been misgendered for 33 years by these people. You know what I mean? And no, uh, no fault to them whatsoever. Sure, right. I mean, they had a little bit to do with your brainwashing. But whatever, we'll <laughs> let that slide. <laughs> We'll let it slide. We'll let it slide. Um, <laughs> but it's a, it's a different thing. It's, yeah. It's different from being misgendered by a neighbor who I've lived next to for a year. Like, it just is different. And yeah. that makes it way harder because it there's a lot more there's a lot more riding on that you know because if you come out to someone and it doesn't go well it's like how quick do you move to like okay this is not a safe person for me to be around ever like Mm -hmm. that's a lot that's a lot and we have to make those decisions all the time it's really really hard to be like am i ready to make that decision about my bucket mom like yeah yeah Family is hard. I mean, all the way around, mm-hmm. you know, and with stuff like this, it's it's even harder. Yeah, it's even harder. It really is. Um. So let's talk about sex. OK, how does how do you feel your um, gender identity shows up in sex for you? My gender identity has been really, really affirmed in sex and mm. In a couple of different ways. I mean, after I got out of my last big relationship, I just kind of had like a why was I about to say shopping spree? But yeah, I mean, whatever. I was like picking up dudes on Tinder, I guess. So I was having a <laughs> shopping spree. Um, but I was really sexually free, I feel like, for the first time in my life ever. And I was also very gender free in the first time mm. for the first time in my life ever. And I remember 
after I'd like gotten this apart, a, a new apartment, I had gone on a literal actual shopping spree and got a bunch of clothes. And I like sent all these pictures to the group chat and they were just like, they were like, Oh my God, you look so good. You look so happy. And also Aww. like, it makes me really sad to see that like you had to wait to get out of the relationship to buy all these things. Yeah. And I remember one of my friends talking to me about that and being like, I, I was so excited. And I also just got so sad because I realized like the gravity of like how you were held back. Mm-hmm. And that made me feel really seen too. Um, but that that summer was like a fucking summer of fun. Like I was just, you know, slutting around and whatever. And I was like, I am bisexual. Like, wh- what the fuck is everybody talking about? Like, <laughs> I'm bisexual. I like having sex with all kinds of people with all types of genitals with like all kinds of like vibe. Like, you know, I'm just I'm into people. Um, And I was in a I had like a friends with benefits relationship with someone for a few months where Uh, She had also just gotten out of a big relationship. So we were very exploratory and our gender energies were pretty matched as well. So there was no explaining myself at all. And there was no like, I just didn't feel held back. And I didn't feel like I I couldn't have had sex with that person and fit into a role because Mm. neither one of us were like, you know, on the binary line, (laughs) one or the other. Like we we both had very... um, balanced gender energies so there was no you're this role and i'm this role it was a very roleless sexual relationship and from that relation uh, from that friends with benefits moment i was in i got into a relationship that i'm still in today that was like the most seen i've ever felt in my life and like we were in bed together and she asked me if it was okay to touch my chest and i'd never been asked that before and i was like what the fuck is this question about? Like, oh my God. Like, I don't know. What? Yes. Like, what? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, What? Like, it was just so, it was such a question for me, but I like didn't even realize that in the moment. It was way later. And throughout this relationship, it's like, I've just realized more and more about who I am because of the way we have sex, because Mm. I'm like this pansy boy, like a froofy ass, you know? And also the other thing is like, I feel I I love the fact that I have tits like I love having boy tits and I also feel like they're specifically for sex like I it makes me feel weird that people can like see my titties and when I'm walking outside I'm like what how do you have access to that so that's a part of why I like compression I'm just Mm. like this is for sex only and that's why I think I'm interested in this like Ken crotch too I'm like these are for sex (laughs) yeah yeah and and you know there are plenty of times where I'll want to share my sexuality I put nudes on Instagram all the time but it's just like it's when it's up to me like I don't want my genitals out unless it's up to me Mm. like so I've learned a lot in this relationship particularly about the way that I want to be seen and the way I want my body to be seen and the way that I want uh my gender expression to be um what's it called when it's like bounces off of something like relayed to people like yeah so so much just through sex and through specifically not being able to fit into a role or Mm. you know being when you're both verse it's like who's the top and who's the bottom like nobody ever you know so it's that that's been huge huge for me that's great what about you um that to me sex to me feels like the one aspect of gender that 
isn't really getting talked about right now for me or thought about. It's, that's not true. It's getting thought about, but I'm not necessarily playing with that. I think because of the fact that me and Jonathan aren't living together. Oh, yeah. So like, you know, it's not at the forefront of my mind because we're not engaged. Like we're not having sex very often because I'm right. not seeing him very often. Um, but within myself, I've been thinking about the ways that um, I can affirm my gender within sex. And... um yeah, I I don't know what that looks like right now. I think because the binary is so embedded in there that like I don't know what it's like to have sex with someone who I've had sex with in a particular role for 14 years. Like I don't know what it looks like to not have sex like that. Not saying that it's not possible. I just don't know what that means or what that looks like at this stage. When you talk about it now, does anything come up like do you see any pictures or like think of any like positions or is there any I don't know does anything come up that you're like maybe this is how it would look or is it completely blank slate well you know I I am you just use the term verse and I'm like oh I think that would be really fun to play with you know I think the thing that really trips me up about this is and we talked about this in our faux podcast that never got recorded (laughs) but like this notion that like that there are two ways to have sex, the masculine way and the feminine way. Right. And I don't want to have sex in a masculine way. Mm. I'm not interested in masculine cis male sex. Like I don't, that to me doesn't feel good. It actually feels traumatizing and triggering for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I kind of get a little confused because I'm like, okay, if it's, and again, it's that goddamn binary. Like if it's not this, then it's that, but I don't want it to be that. Yeah. So like, yeah, the notion of being verse or, or or rather like sort of being in that gray area really interests me, but I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. When and I haven't really seen that either. No, I, I no? haven't either. I mean, I was just porn came up in my mind as we were talking about right. this and like something that porn is so detrimental in so many ways and yeah. also so beautiful in so many ways. But like you know, we saw the same kind of porn growing up, no matter what we tried. And there was a point where I started to watch specifically if you search bisexual MMF threesome, those are the porns. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the porns where you can see the gender energy shift Mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. Yeah. You really, you really got to search, but it's like, sometimes you can tell if someone's a little fruitier or I don't know. There's, there's something about it where it's like, because there are more people involved and because you know that like the, the dicks are going to touch at some point. I don't know how else to phrase that. Just because you know, (laughs) the dicks are going to touch at some point, you know, there is not like a, like, masculine disgust with the idea of being verse which is in a lot of porn so there's something about it that has made me kind of loosen up and be like oh okay well i can be a top and still stick my butt out and get a spank or whatever i don't know like i don't know how to phrase it but there's like some we just need more we need better porns i guess we need better representation you mm -hmm. know because it's i mean i i've actually as we're having this conversation i realized that i'm not really watching porn right now me either and and it's not because i don't like porn i just i'm not seeing porn that really um affirms my gender or this sort of gender experiences i want to have in sex it Mm -hmm. actually just 
continues to reinforce the binary. Even when I do search lesbian born, it's done in a very masculine, you know, mm-hmm. male gazy kind of way. Yeah. And that's not what I want. That's not what I'm looking for. And also, you know, the type of porn that I like has changed. Like, I'm not Same. really interested in seeing, like, I don't really care about the people. I care about the genitals. Me too. You know? Yeah. Like, I care about, like, I'm really fascinated by, like, just close-ups of genitals, just, like, doing the sexy stuff. Yeah, like, throbbing, Love squirting. That. Like, yeah, same, I don't same. care about the faces that the dude makes when he's having it. I don't care about Turn anything. the sound off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm into, I told you, I'm into animated shit now like that's and i never my whole life even knew anything but it's like you know of course the whole internet is like hente 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 and i'm like well let me look it up let me see what's going on and i love the shit like i love the tentacle porn and all that shit but more than anything what i love is like the pov of being inside a puss as it's like bonk bonk i'm like right "Ah," because that's also what i'm picturing if i have like you know my again i was like can i say that am i allowed to say this on the (laughs) sex podcast um but like if i have my finger inside a place that that i can feel tightening and loosening i'm like that's what i'm fucking going for that's what i want to feel and you could feel that in you know i could put my finger in a butthole or a puss or a mouth or whatever like i'm really all about the sensations Mm -hmm. so for me it's like you can get most of my sex is like rubbing my face on a body like it's not even as simple it couldn't be defined in porn really i guess right yeah i think that's something that i've been waking up to as well um realizing that like i am definitely asexual and how that shows up for me as my sex looking more sensual yeah and my turn-ons being more essentially focused yes. as a fo- as opposed to like genitally focused mm-hmm. and i mean yeah all of this stuff is so intertwined with um my gender and the kind of sex that i have and i'm actually like i'm really looking forward to when jonathan moves in because i think this is going to like that's for me that's the next step yeah. you know that's that's the one area that i haven't really been able to explore because he hasn't been here right and i want to be able to figure out like who am i as a sexually liberated non-binary person hey what is that like what does that look like that's so fun that's really nice to say yeah wow how many sexually liberated non-binary people are there so many god damn it there's so many let's talk to them all let's talk to them all well actually that brings me to like what i wanted to ask you so i'm gonna change the name of this podcast Mm -hmm. i'm about to do a pretty a pretty it's a pretty big thing you know i've had this name for six years (laughs) yeah shit i was about to say um and i just i don't know i i've been thinking a lot about what the future of this podcast is going to be and while i don't necessarily feel like i'm going to do a harsh pivot to now talking about i don't know beats (laughs) right i'm literally staring at a huge bowl of beats right now that's the only thing that i thought of um like i'm not going to do a harsh pivot like that but i am wondering you know what the next iteration of of this podcast is going to be of my work in general is going to be mm-hmm. and particularly what this iteration of my work is going to be when i feel more included in it cuz i think that for the last year or so i haven't felt included within my own work so i want to know from you like i don't know do you have like any advice 
for me at this stage. Like you're only going to expand and explode the more you the more you lean into who you are and express that authentically. And mm. and I can say that with a guarantee because you've seen it happen over the past two years. Yeah, you're you right. know, and it's happened with as you claimed your blackness, as you've claimed your non-binariness, as you've claimed every single part of you and expressed it more authentically everything grows your followers grow you get more money you get like cool projects you've always wanted to have like in a very business sense like the absolute best thing you can do is have a podcast where you're talking to people about what you want to talk to them about and that's and if it's beats it's beats (laughs) it's not gonna be not gonna be beats (laughs) but but also the other thing i would say is so much of what you want to talk to people about based on what i know from our conversations still is so in line with this shit it is like even if it's not specifically like what was your journey or you know how did you become sexually liberated it's like you your curiosity just leans in the way of self and self-expression and sensuality like you you want to know um if someone's having good sex as much as you want to know when was the last time they got a hug you know so it's very i I think i mean i don't know why every single person listens to this podcast but i don't think it's all because of sexual liberation i don't think so i think people are interested in who you're talking to and i think they're interested in your curiosity and i think they're interested in the way that you uh, prioritize self-expression mm. which is happens to be through sensuality and sexuality because of the work that you've done but i don't think it i don't think it has to be so focused on that do you feel a pressure to have like a podcast about this that covers these questions or no i don't and actually when i think about this podcast like you know it started out about being sexual liberation but i mean i've talked about so many things yeah. on this podcast you know i mean some of them most of them relating to sex but i mean they're all like a hop jump and a skip away from other things too you know like i don't think that it's i've really like put myself in the brand of like sex educator so hardcore that i haven't been able to talk about the things that i want to talk about yeah but i do think that this name change is going to give me even more spaciousness to explore the other um expressions and experiences that can be had that are adjacent to sexuality that you know like this is the first can you believe this is the first conversation that i've had about gender Wow. On my podcast. I mean, we've we've certainly touched on it a little bit, but I've never had a whole episode devoted to gender. And so and I, I, I feel really grateful. I mean, I'm a little embarrassed that it took me this long, but I'm also really grateful to have had this conversation with you today, because I think that any other time I would have tried to have a conversation about gender, it would not have sounded like this. Yeah. And even when I knew what I knew about my own gender, I would not have been in a place to be able to be like, well, yeah, my gender is not, not a woman. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, like that just would not have been an option for me. So like, I know that it took me a while to get here and, and I'm talking not just about this podcast, but also just about my own journey of realizing like, holy shit, like this is who I am and this is who I've always been. And thank God I'm finally giving myself space and freedom to explore this part of myself. Um, Yeah, I think that that is just whatever happens, whatever this podcast is named, like that will always be that will always be the point that will always be the purpose. Yeah, yeah. Well, shit um 
I just, I'm just like, I just had this moment where I'm like, holy shit, I just like came out as non-binary. Yeah, my, like, were, it is now public. It's now public. Yeah. It is now like everyone. I told somebody in an email today. Oh my God. Yeah, Yay. I did. Somebody was like throwing around the W word like they couldn't get it off their minds or whatever. And I was like, just so you know, Evian identifies as non-binary. So if that's going to ruin your women's festival then let us know thanks like or whatever that's not exactly what i said but yeah 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 but yeah but it's happy non-binary day happy coming out day thank you if this feels really special and i'm just i'm really really glad to have had you like you have been such a mentor to me through this whole process like not even just like a good friend but you really have been a mentor to me and i don't think I'm not saying that I don't think that I wouldn't have come out at this time if it weren't for you. I just don't think that it would have looked like this. Mm. I think that um, I think there might have been more shame attached to it. I, I think that there might have been um, more confusion attached mm-hmm. to it. And one of the reasons why I've really enjoyed our conversations is that like you were very f- affirming. I just want to say thank you for like helping make this happen. You know, such a pleasure. You're like a you're you're like my gender doula. I know, right? Have <laughs> anybody else ever doula to doula before? <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being here with me through all of this. And um, yeah, everyone, I guess stay tuned. So there it is, y'all. The sexually liberated woman is not a woman. She, they, I am non-binary. And I'm going to take a little time to hibernate with all of this information and continue to figure out what all of this means while doing some deep thinking about what the next iteration of this podcast will look like. Before I go, there's one more thing I wanted to do. Uh, You might remember in the beginning of this episode, Dan turned a question over to me about what my non-binariness means to me and how it is I see myself as a non-binary person. And I didn't end up answering that question. I actually dodged it twice because I didn't really know how to answer that question at the time. It's been hard to conceptualize and put words to my gender as I've been sorting out all of my gender fields because it's all so messy and raw for me. And I don't think it'll never not be messy or raw, but here I would like to to try. I would like to try to answer that question. Um, being non-binary to me means that I am honoring the full expression of myself. I am honoring the full expression of the masculine and feminine qualities within me. And I'm honoring the other energies who have no names, but make up very important pieces of who I am. Being non-binary means that I am actively rejecting the roles and rules put upon me by myself and others based on the gender I was assigned as, that I finally give myself permission and space to move outside of the rigid box marked F 
so that I can experience every nuance about me, even the ones that I've been taught not to claim or celebrate within myself. Being non-binary to me means flow, like being able to cycle through that vast, mysterious circle of gender energy that Dan was talking about on an hourly, daily, minute-to-minute basis. And it means giving myself space and affirmation to shift with that energy with my entire body, with every part of me that can be expressed. My gender is light femme, soft mask. It is soft boy, tough femme. Um, It's ephemeral. It's transient. It's in motion. My gender is a foreign language that lives in my bones that my tongue is trying to remember how to speak. It's the realization that there has never, ever been anything delicate about me, but I am still soft somehow. My gender is a direct reflection of the many non-binary people that I look up to, people that have helped me come into my own, who have showed me what is possible outside of being white or androgynous. My non-binariness, my gender is black. It's mutable. It's intuitive. It's inner joy and it's pleasure-centered. My gender is not aligned with or adjacent to woman or lady or female or miss or 100% pure feminine. My gender occupies a gray space of fluidity and questioning and curated chaos that I am learning to lean into and trust. My gender is both and. I actually heard trans activist Sally Goldner say recently that there are at least 7 billion genders in the world, one at any given moment for everyone on the planet, and then we move to another moment and there could be even more gender expressions after that. And on and on it goes. I like that a lot because it makes a lot of sense to me. I contain multitudes. So many that one word, whether that is man, woman, or even non-binary, is not able to contain me. And no one word ever should. As for coming out, I mean, me coming out like this means that I finally get to have how I feel and see myself energetically on the inside match how I desire to be fully seen and received on the outside, in my work, in my relationships, in how I move through the world. And that feels really good. It feels really exciting. It also makes a lot of sense why I've had such a complicated relationship with this podcast over the last couple of years, even more so in the last six months. I mean, it's true that 2020 has been 
ridiculous, but I have to admit that I've been low-key avoiding this podcast. I mean, to come on here as the sexually liberated woman over and over again meant that I was going against who I was. So to know that and to have the opportunity to make something new, something that includes me and who I am in it, that really excites me. It really, really excites me. So, okay. (laughs) Wow, I am non-binary. Ah, pretty cool, eh? (laughs) The next time you hear my voice or see me pop up in your feed, it'll be with new digs, a new name, and a new purpose but always with the same intention healing liberation and pleasure this podcast is created and hosted by me evian whitney find me on my website evianwhitney.com and on instagram at evian.whitney to keep up with me and my work, even more so now that I am going through a podcast transition. If you want to keep even more in touch, you can sign up for my newsletter at evianwhitney.com slash newsletter. This podcast has been made possible with community support from each one of my very special patrons on Patreon. I really, really appreciate you all, especially with all of the shifts and changes going on on my end. Thank you for sticking with me and for supporting me so loyally. Thank you so much for being here with me in this iteration of this podcast. And I look forward to experiencing this new phase of this journey with all of you. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 